0: Hello, friend. Welcome to Making Disciples Naturally with the Kansas Communities Ministry. My name is David Dennis. Today we continue our discussion with Mr. Eddie Bruzard, International Vice President with the Navigators. This is the second of six episodes. Today I start by asking Eddie to share about his faith journey and how God rather miraculously prepared Eddie for his ministry as he orchestrated the events in his life.
1: So I am uh, from Houston, Texas, by way of southern Louisiana. Uh, my family, background-wise, is uh, Creole, which is part of the African-American culture. And so uh, I grew up, which is actually a very, very important part of of my whole internal constitution. Uh, it's amazing how God shapes some of the apparently disparate or uh, uh, parts of our of our lives growing up that we don't necessarily see all the connections, but it's amazing how God pulls this together, because I grew up in the heat of the civil rights movement in inner city Houston and in a, in a totally African-American setting. And uh, it was just an amazing time, uh, both frightful, but also exciting at the same time. And um, in uh, in that context, my family attended church on a regular basis. My, my family background, as many Creoles from Louisiana are, as Catholic background. And so I grew up attending Catholic mass six days every week. And during that time, we would hear a reading from the Old Testament, the New Testament, and then one of the Gospels every single day, six days a week. And... There were times when uh, we would have visiting uh, priests that would come through. Uh, A lot of these guys were missionaries. And I mean, there were several of those guys that really preached the gospel at a time when you that wasn't necessarily what you would expect on a Sunday morning in a a, a Catholic mass service. And uh, over a period of a few years, I came under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And I did not understand the gospel with the fullness and completeness that I do now. But what I did understand very clearly was that God was high and lifted up and he was perfect in beauty and glory and majesty. And I understood that I was down here in sin and I had a problem I could not fix. And I knew that Jesus was the one and only son of God, and he was the savior, and he was the only one who could save me from my situation. And so one night, when I was still a young boy, I knelt down beside my bed and gave my life to Jesus. And um, it was fascinating because after that, I had a different heart for God. When I would go and attend the mass service, I had a heart for God. And I would ask people questions, but I wasn't getting the kind of answers that really satisfied my soul. And that went on through high school. And I'm very thankful because the Lord kept me out of a lot of stuff I would have gotten into in high school (laughs) otherwise. Uh, But my freshman year at Texas A&M University, I was a pre-med student. And the very first week of classes, uh, one of my new friends there was – uh, he, he all of a sudden I noticed his life changed very quickly uh, from the rowdy, uh, drinking, whatever kind of guy running around to all of a sudden this guy was serious and something was different. And he told me that some guys came around and shared what it meant to be a true Christian with him. And he gave his life to Jesus and he invited me to a Bible study. Those guys were leading. And those guys were navigators. Wow. And my very first Bible study, David, I'll never forget this. I asked that Bible study leader every question that I needed an answer for, but just couldn't seem to find. And every time I asked him a question, he pointed me to a verse of Scripture every single time. Wow. And that just floored me. And so to be in the Bible study, there were three requirements. You had to come every week, you have to have your Bible study completed, and you had to memorize two verses. And so I was the consummate pre-med student, so there's tons of stuff we needed to memorize, so that sounded just fine with me. And so I took off in that Bible study, and uh, it was amazing. Those years, and so uh, the, the year after that, I had the privilege of beginning to lead a Bible study with others in my dorm as God began to work in my character and to show me that he was more concerned with what was going on in my heart than what my, what was going on with my mouth, if you will.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And this will be one of the main themes I hope to get into next year when we're together for the conference on what the abiding life in Christ looks like. And so. Uh, by the time I reached my senior year, I had finished uh, my courses. and was preparing my applications for med school when I won't go into the whole story now, but God brought very clearly to my mind that I needed to put my desire for medicine on the altar and which was very painful. That was an extremely hard time for me. And, uh, but God made it very clear that he wanted me to put My Isaac on the altar, and my Isaac, Genesis 22, was uh, uh, this beautiful, in my mind, picture of me standing up with a white jacket on and a stethoscope around my neck. And that's what I would not let God or anybody else touch. And that's what God had me to put on the altar that day. And unlike the story of Genesis 22, My angel never showed up (laughs) and the knife went right into the desire of my heart. Wow. And uh, so my uh, I had a challenge. I I was challenged by the local navigators to hang around for two years of training after I graduated, which God led me to do. I taught chemistry in high school during those times and and uh, received training and help in my walk with God and in how to disciple others during those years. And then in 1980, in May of 1980, I moved up to Champaign-Urbana and went through two years of training to become a navigator staff, uh, primarily focusing on college campuses. And following those two years, I went to my first navigator assignment, which was a small, uh, beautiful, and a a deeply historical African-American, what we call uh, uh, historically black campus. And this was uh, Tuskegee University, which in those days was called Tuskegee Institute down in Alabama, down the road from uh, from Auburn. And uh, I had the privilege of serving there with the navigators for two years and a, a phenomenal experience. It was deeply formative for me and which uh, I write about in Beauty in the Desert. And I, I just uh, it was an amazing time of development and ministry for me, but probably more development of God's hand in my life during those years. From there, I went to Memphis State and joined uh, Rich and Lois Jarvey, who moved there at the same time. And we partnered together in uh, leading the ministry at Memphis State University and uh, was there for five years. And then from there, God began to disturb my nest. And uh, I ended up uh, saying goodbye to the collegiate navigators for a bit, and moved to uh, the up to uh, back to the Chicago area, and went to seminary at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School, and had the privilege in those years from studying under uh, men who were not just godly men, but were scholars in the scriptures. And uh, so I finished my uh, Master of Arts in New Testament, but while I was up there, had a privilege of doing my ministry context in a Spanish-speaking context, and I learned to speak Spanish during those years uh, and uh, finished my undergrad, excuse me, my my, uh, MA there in New Testament. And um, so when I finished my MA in New Testament, uh, I was trying to sort out what was to happen next, and the Lord was opening up the commission movement to Russia in those years and I was swept up into that and so for the next six years, I was involved with the uh the navigator contribution to this amazing movement in the former Soviet union and so I was there uh working there for a number of years so uh I finished those six years uh, in Russia, I met my wife, who served on one of the teams there. Barbie and I were married in 96. And a year later, as we were getting life sorted out as a new married couple, we were invited to serve on the Navigator's national leadership team. And so I served with Alan Andrews for uh, his entire term and then into Doug Nunke's, uh term through uh, the fall of, two, of 2014, where Barbie and I went on a sabbatical. And um, so we uh, did a sabbatical, came off of that. And just in time for God to sequence all this out, it was pretty amazing that we came right out of our sabbatical and then Mutua Mahieni offered us uh, the opportunity to join the, the international executive team. And so we've been serving on there since then.
0: Fantastic. Eddie wanted to be a doctor, but God had other plans for him. He says he had to put that desire on the altar. But how God has redeemed that dream as he has ministered to so many people through Eddie over the years. You know, as we go through life, we often don't see how the many disparate events and interactions go together. We may even become discouraged, wondering how God is working in our lives. But we can take heart from Eddie's story that God is still at work, intricately weaving all the things together for his glory. Romans eight twenty-eight reminds us, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Join me next time for episode three of my interview with Eddie Broussard as he tells us about God taking him into the desert. For more information about our ministry, check out our website, kansasnavs.org, or our Facebook page under Kansas Communities Ministry. Be sure to drop me an email at radio at kansasnavs.org with any comments or questions. Join me again next time as we learn more about making disciples naturally.